Welcome to Ear for Fear. This is Donovan. Hey, and I'm Rick. And this is the podcast where we're talking about scary movies or movies trying to be scary. Today we're going to be uh, talking about 2006's uh, Slither. Before you and I uh, dive into this thing, let's do a quick uh, synopsis. Uh, A small town in South Carolina is taken over by an alien plague, turning residents into zombies and other types of mutated creatures. So, uh, 2006 Slither, uh, directed by James Gunn. Yeah. Uh, you've seen this before. Yeah. A few times, probably. Yeah. It's one of those movies where I watched it and then I didn't watch it again and it fell out of my brain. Yeah. Yeah. I'd seen this. I think I saw this in the theater when this came out. I liked it. And if you did, then probably I did. Yeah. Maybe you came. Probably. Maybe you came with me. Yeah. Yeah. Probably watched it together. Mm. Who knows? I don't know if we saw. Not sure Morris. where I watched this movie, but I do know that I watched it. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's strange how time can distort your experience. Um, well, obviously, mine was kind of like wiped off my my the the surface of my brain or whatever. It's not. It, you know what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> I know what you're. I trying don't to say. really remember a lot of this movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, what I do remember obviously got distorted over time. Like, I kind of thought that, just let's just hop right into stuff, okay? Spoiler yeah. warning. Spoiler, We're ho- yeah. hopping right back into it. General thoughts. Um, it's a good movie. I like this movie. Check it out. You'll enjoy it. Um, yeah. It's part of that camp horror, yeah. you know? Um, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It, it has a lot of jokes. Um, but it's having fun. Um, but it doesn't, like, do a disservice to any of its characters or its story along the way. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay. It's, it's they definitely on those lines of campy and, you know, uh, similar to some of the ones we've talked about in the past, you know, the blob and stuff like that. Um, so I didn't think that this movie spent so long with just two characters. Like in my head, uh, Nathan Fillion or Fillion. Fillion yeah. yeah, it was part of the movie way sooner or, you know, he's like kind of here and there. But I just assumed he was like the main character. Mm. And obviously that's not the case. He only has a bigger role during the latter half of the movie. Otherwise, it's Elizabeth Banks and uh, Michael Rooker yeah. for most of the that first act. Yeah. I did not remember that. Also, the uh, the poor woman who gets, you know, abducted and eaten or not eaten, but she's been forced to eat. Oh, and she blows up into this oh, giant like she is basically impregnated right by these 
slug things. Yeah, like she's like a giant womb, basically. Yes, yeah. I, she didn't deserve that at all. No, that's awful. But like I thought that was a huge part of the movie, but it's oh. also not a huge part of the movie either. Um, so I'm not quite sure. So yeah, I've seen this movie, technically. Yeah. But yeah. it's it's something that so much time has passed by that I almost, it's almost like I watched it for the first time again. Yeah, that's, that's okay, though. Yeah, I had seen this a few times over the years. I think I bought it, uh, I don't know, the last year or two on some sort of, I don't know, special edition Blu-ray. I don't know. But um, but I've always liked this movie. Um, it, it falls into the category of the subgenres that I really like, which is you're not, yeah, it, it, some cool special effects. It's It has some humor to it. It has some good, you know, good horror, you know, elements, some cool, uh, cool effects. Um, acting's good. Again, like you said earlier, doesn't it doesn't take itself too serious, and I'm all for that. You know, um, when I'm in the mood, it just depends on the type of movie we're sitting down to watch. You know, if we're if we're watching some, I don't know, you know, possession or demon movie or ghost story. I mean, you know, there's different things going on, and this isn't one of those where you have to. You can just sit back and kind of have fun with this thing. You don't have to overanalyze it, and you know, overthink it. Did I did I miss something? What's going on? You know, you don't have to do that with these movies. And that's why I think at times, most of the time, you know, I really enjoy these because I just know I'm just going to sit back and and enjoy the ride and it's going to be fun. You know? Yeah. I don't think these movies should necessarily be compared because they're doing different things. But how do you think this like compares to his later work specifically with um, like Guardians of the Galaxy, both (sighs) volume one and two? Man, I mean, it's hard to compare the two because they're so... The genres are so different, you know? Right. I think my point is, you know, even as early as Slither, and I actually haven't seen any of uh, Gunn's previous work before this movie. I know he worked a bit with Troma, but... He, he did. I think he did He did Tromeo and Juliet, which I have never seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I didn't even realize you had told me he was with Troma, and... I didn't, I didn't know he was with trauma. And so I started to do a little research, you know, and... Do you want to explain trauma real fast? Oh, God. Troma is like... Troma is the ultimate like B movie studio. I think I think they're like the biggest in all of. I'm like I don't know if it's all of the world, but it's definitely in all of the U.S. Uh, they've been around forever, forever, ever, ever. And uh, I, you know, uh, I, I mean, what, what's interesting is when we're watching Slither and they're and they have the uh, the Toxic Adventure playing, which is a trauma movie, you know. Um, so um, yeah, I mean. Troma's been around, if I was to guess, and this is just strictly a guess, I want to say late 70s, but again, I'm probably way off. It could be, it could have been earlier 70s, but definitely late 70s to early 80s to present. Um, but they've done a lot of movies over the years. Uh, but what kind of movies are they making? Just B, B movies, you know, very kind of uh, low budget uh, you know, uh, Sl- I don't know if Slither really would fall into that category. The Toxic Avenger would fall into that category. Um, Street Trash, which is a movie they did not do, would fall into that category. Um, but it's over the top. Some of the stuff is just over the top. Acting's not the greatest. Uh, the the budget's usually you know pretty low. Um, and, and that, that's all intentional, right? It is. It yeah. is. And, and, it, and it works And there. They have a ton, a ton of, uh, fans and followers, um, offhand. I, I can't think of a lot of their movies. Um, God, I almost want to say mother's day is trauma, but I could be wrong. And that's the original mother's day, which is one of my favorites. And a lot of people just kind of sleep on that one. But, uh, I think they did a remake of it 
few years back. Didn't see it, but um, I want to say that was Troma. But they've done a, a lot of stuff over the years. Um, and I think they're still around, you know. And I think uh, Kaufman, who who is like, I don't know if you call him the owner of Troma. I, I almost I, I want to say they were brothers that started it. I can't remember. I'm trying to, I'm probably getting my facts straight, but I know Kaufman is, uh, he's like the main guy with trauma and he had a little bit of a, um, a cameo in this, in this slither, which I didn't even realize. I think he played a drunk guy or something like that. There's a lot of these things kind of riddled, uh, riddled through, uh, this movie. Um, James Gunn, is definitely a fan of, of the horror genre. So, you know, there was little bits and pieces like at the beginning of the movie, I think if you pan down the street, there's a funeral home and it's called something like RJ McCready's funeral home, which is the character's name in the thing, Kurt Russell. Um, there's other little things. Uh, I, I think the high school or the school is either the high school or elementary school is called Earl, Earl Bassett, which of course Earl was the character in Tremors. So he, we see a lot of this with these with these these directors, right? We've talked about it in the past, you so, know. Yeah, we're getting way off my point. I know. But just to like go back, is it Night of the Creeps that did this as well? So not yet. But I remember this being so heavy handed that I was rolling my eyes, and then this, I was just. I'm not going to say it's subtle because anyone who knows that knows these movies know that it's they know what they're referring to. Um, but here, I don't roll my eyes, and I wonder what that distinction is what is going on there where i i just i find it so cringy that it's happening out of the creeps but not say in slither you know what what exactly you're referring to so i mean are you talking about the similarities in the two no i'm talking about the way they were named Certain certain characters or certain things oh, were named yeah, yeah. in Night of the Creeps. Oh yeah, Can, that was blatant. Yeah. Like wasn't it names of directors, right? Yeah, they were yeah, Cronenberg and yes. remember, yeah, Carbon. Yeah, that was like I was forced. And we've talked about that in the past. And I, I was that Fred Decker uh did that. Mm-hmm. Um and uh I wonder if it's just like this uh like just the um obviousness of the self indulgence or self-reflection or i don't i'm missing the word that i want to use yeah um whereas he's oh you know what maybe it's the fact that he's idolizing like these people like these directors who've obviously done really good things as opposed to uh the iconography and the directors which is their work yeah and maybe i appreciate less the director and more the work they've created and maybe that's what i'm responding to but this is something I want to think about more as we watch these movies and how yeah. self um self-referential they be they be not necessarily become yeah. um as as we watch more and more movies. Yeah, I, I because yeah. I can't tell you like I don't mind that at all in Slither, but like I just I, I groaned when it happened and it was yeah, like we've we've talked about this. It was so in your face in Night of the Creeps. Like they just they beat us over the head with it. In this, I didn't even pay attention. I didn't even notice it, you know, um, and that's a good thing. You know, uh, I think we talked about it in the, in the when we did the review of House where I'm trying to remember this, but the the real estate agent sign, it was I can't remember what it was, but it, it was it was like Craven or something. It, anyways, it was a you know, they're paying homage to these other, you know, these other directors or whatever, you know, uh, before them. And 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 I. I like little tidbits of that or when, when, you know, little surprises that you may catch, 
I like that. But when it's shoved down your throat like Night of the Creeps, it just it just didn't work for me. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, come on. How many? Let's be real. How many Cronenbergs do you come across? You know, you're really trying hard with that. You know, a carpenter, you could easily say that's a common last name. You know, I don't know. Craven, you could probably say that. But Cronenberg. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's probably just, yeah, it's as simple as in one way or other, they're paying some sort of respect or, you know, homage to, to the people prior to them. And, you know, kind of, it's almost like a shout out, you know? Yeah. Um, to get, to get, to get back to my point though. So, you know, uh, what's well, not like a gun went into guardians of the galaxy having not done zero movies, right? No. You know, he had at least done Slither, but he'd worked on other movies, he, too. He did. He did. He, 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 he what's cool is he wrote and directed Slither and it's a good movie. But again, yeah, and that's kind of the point I want to go yeah. could come to is like this movie almost feels a little bit like Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, so you've got a group of characters um, who are kind of uh, um, singled out in their own way. You've got Nathan Fillion's character, who's the chief. Luckily, his cops seem to respect him, but he's still yeah. the chief. Yeah, you've got the very cute uh, teacher that's um, idolized in like a sexual way by your students, as well as other uh, peers and contemporaries in her age group. Yeah, um, who are constantly talking behind her back about how she could have married this old guy with money. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got the old guy with money who has, has people talking about him behind his back on why he married or eloped with such a young girl. Yeah. You know. So you've got these uh, our our three main players are all kind of misfits in their own regard, and they a couple of them have to come together and stop the bad guys. You know that does sound a lot like Guardians, doesn't it? And then of course, as it happens, as the movie goes along, you get a bunch of bad stuff happening, and you have to overcome a giant threat. In this in in this case, it's uh, you know an alien from outer space. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's so that's some. That's, so I guess my I guess my point is like James Gunn, even all the way back in like 2006, kind of had a blueprint on how to write interesting characters, plots, movies and string them all together yeah. into uh, like a nice finale, which he does here, too. It's not the best, but he gets all the characters back in one place. They all kind of fit this character work that he stitched together. And then the movie ends and it feels good, you know, but I kind of just. Uh, you know, when I was watching Slither, like I was noticing all this stuff that Gunn would be, yeah. you know, kind of praised for later on in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and 2. I was like, oh, yeah, this happened all the way back in Slither, too, just not to the same degree. You know, you're done with less characters, a less bombastic plot, and you're not, you don't have like a $200, $300 big budget Marvel oh, movie. Oh, $300 million, you mean? Was it three hundred million? Oh, you said you said two to three hundred dollar. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm sure. Well, the, you, I'm sure the budget for when Guardians I'm talking was, about a blockbuster movie, you're adding an M after that. You are because they're probably yes, the budget for those are probably two to three hundred million dollars. I mean, those it's Marvel possible ones, that this. Yeah. I for, I just don't have the number in front of me. Could yeah. it be? It could have been less. Yeah, but so a lot of money. A lot of people are working made, on yeah, this movie. Made a ton of money. I and mean, it, those are big, large. Anything Marvel really is is right. I mean, huge budget. Well, they need to make money for sure. Yeah. Right. Um, it also needs to successfully push the brand. You have a misstep like you do with like Thor uh. 2 and people don't stop talking about it. Um, but I guess my point is, is that uh, whoever made the decision to hire Gunn, they definitely watched Slither and realized just how much like DNA Gunn had for like a big budget superhero movie and how much that could fit into that yeah. product. Yeah. You know, and it's... 
So, you know, at this point, I uh, just to be on record, Guardians of the Galaxy, both volume one and two are some of my favorite Marvel movies. Um, so there is a little bit of bias here, but I just wanted to point all that stuff out. You know, whoever made that call was a good call and I'm glad they did. Yeah. And, you know, you can see it as early as this movie, the, the, the promise that Gunn has, especially with his character work, because it's here too. He paints Nathan Fillion's cop character, um, Elizabeth Banks's uh, teacher character, and even Michael Rooker's, who's ostensibly the villain in the movie. Yeah. Uh, with like a very nice brushstroke, you know, he cares a lot about these characters, even the bad guy. And he wants you to understand them and feel for them um, in a way that uh, is sort of understandable. I hope all these ideas mm-hmm. that I'm kind of coming out with you yeah. kind of make sense. Yeah. Cause this was all kind of in my head as I was watching this movie. Yeah. Good and points. I, you know, I can't not talk about gardens of the galaxy because James Gunn. Yeah. Ju- oh, absolutely. The suicide at the time of our recording here, um, the suicide squad that gun is working on the like teaser trailer just popped out so all this stuff is on my brain anyway yeah yeah. so you know um sean gunn is plays like a weasel man i don't know if you've seen it no No. i no i haven't watched the trailer when we're done check it out at some point it looks pretty good yeah well it's just like characters popping up in frame with you know the the actors and character and just saying some like line and that's it but but sean gunn plays like a weasel man and he looks terrifying does he (laughs) yeah now is this now what is this is this a sequel what is this a reboot already to suicide squad like i'm not the authority on this i think it's a reboot i mean for obvious reasons right yeah i mean well they did that with spider-man too true yeah you're right yeah you know like spider-man with uh, andrew garfield wasn't working so they rebooted it um kind of i don't know if they would have tried to put the sony spider-man into the marvel I mean, universe but obviously we got tom holland and civil war then he got his own standalone film and everything kind of worked out um they've rebooted spider-man like three times i mean yeah and I even mean, i know i could keep cutting you off um no it's i'm right. sorry i'll let you talk in a second but batman is also getting a reboot with robert pattinson and if you didn't see the trailer of that, that trailer is actually amazing. Oh, it actually I, looks I pretty have, good. I have not checked that out either. It's yeah. worth it. Like it's a good, like yeah. say what you know about Watchmen, that tr- the trailer for Watchmen, I think it's the first one with the Smashing Pumpkins uh, track. Oh yeah. That one is amazing. And regardless of how Batman turns out in the future, um, this trailer is really, really good. Yeah. So yeah. So like, you know, they're constant and you know what, if the, the, this constant like rebooting of comic book characters is so in line with like just comic books in general, because new authors and artists are constantly getting the property and then do putting their own spin on True, it. Yeah. So it's kind of, yeah. it's kind of like the perfect adaptation of the comic book medium in a way. So I'm not yeah. like too against it. Um, but then of course we just had Ben Affleck's Batman, you know, and we yeah, didn't even didn't. have like his Batman in full, full form. Yeah, you know, but we're here to talk about Slither, right? Yeah, we are. Yeah, my bad. That's all right. So that's okay. It all ties in. Yeah. So I guess my point is that I I like this movie and all the stuff we're going to be talking about in this episode. Um, you know, we can kind of see in his later work too. Yeah. And you know, it's like I kind of think Slither is the proto Guardians of the Galaxy movie. As much of a stretch as that might be, there is certainly little heartstrings that tie the two together. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. No. It's good. Um. So where do we want to um. Where do we want to start? I mean, I guess. Well, like, when something kind of pops down from space, where else do you start, Dad? Start at the beginning. Right. <laughs> this movie begins yeah. with an asteroid falling down onto the Earth, popping open, and a little guy popping out. I don't think we actually see the little guy popping out. I think it just no. opens up, right? 
We just, yeah, we see, uh, yeah, it opens up. Um, and what other very, movies have very, we seen? Very reminiscent of Night of the Creeps. Yeah. Uh, I mean, come on. I mean, I said this. Not I, even Night of the Creeps, too, but the Blob remake as well. Yeah, yeah, Blob remake. Yeah, it's true. You know, uh, definitely a recipe for that. You know, um, I there. You know, again, I, I we talk about this in Night of the Creeps, and I'll say it briefly, and then I'll I'll move on. But it's just it's hard to believe that. I, I think I had read this again. I don't know if this is true or not. That when he, he when he wrote this and directed it, he had never seen Night of the Creeps. And uh, okay, it's possible. It's just hard to believe, uh, especially when Night of the Creeps is very similar to to Slither. Um, I mean, you know, I I'm more so basing it off the the slugs and what what they do and stuff. And it's just uh, it's maybe it's just a, a coincidence. But but uh, but yeah, we the meteor crashes uh, and this. This thing comes out of it. I don't even know what you call this thing. It almost looked like a, it's not really a worm. Was it a worm? It, it almost looked like a humongous, like, um, uh, uh, what's the word? A maggot. It almost looked like a humongous maggot, like a million times the size of what it normally is. But uh, Grant, uh, played by Michael Rooker, is out in uh, the woods, uh, not with his wife, because uh, his wife is at home, and he... Uh, I guess befriended this this woman. Uh, she had a crush on him back in the day, um, and so they got a little drunk and went out in the woods and were making out, and you know, uh, come across this this thing, and he goes to to touch it and gets uh, basically what injected kind of this thing shoots something into his stomach. Um, I, I guess we could just call it an alien parasite. That's really what it is. And it starts to take him over, you know, um, and uh, uh, he starts to uh, I guess he starts to this thing. This thing really, really uh, uh, controls him. Um, he and again, this is where you can tell there's still parts of Grant there. So, so it's not like he is. He's. Um, completely taken over by this thing like they're like he still knows people's names and and stuff like that and so so it's not like it's 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 you know it's got into him and now he's just this alien thing and nothing else there's still remnants of of him as a human in there um and so but he's 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 hungry he's he starts to uh he starts to basically change form um and uh yeah, I mean this is yeah. So um you know um <clears throat> uh his wife uh starts to notice uh you know changes a uh, Starla, I guess that's her name, Elizabeth Banks starts to notice uh uh things going on with him. Um you know uh he's he's I think he takes a trip up to the grocery store um and he buys just a crap ton of meat. That was, uh, you know, and of course the, 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 clerk doesn't think anything of it. Oh, you're having a big party grant. Did you realize his, his, his last name was grant. So it's grant grant. I thought oh. that, I thought that was kind of funny. No, I did not. I didn't, that. I didn't realize. I just thought it was, you know, I they just kept saying grant. So I just thought, ah, uh, you know, but no, his name is grant grant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. I thought that was kind of, that's kind of interesting, but you know, y you can tell there's this, there's a huge age gap between, between grant and Starla. I, I think, you know, Starla had, um, you know, uh, got together with him because he probably had money. 
she I think he sent her to college. Uh, she probably got a degree. Uh, I think she she's a teacher. Looks like high school. Um, definitely a huge age age difference there. Um, and I, to me, it seems like at times that do you feel like maybe she's just not into him? Because I mean, there's the the one scene where she turns him down in bed, and is it? You know, what do you think's happening there? I don't have like a hardcore reading on all, any of this, honestly. Um, I think she does love him. I just don't know if she's sexually attracted to him in the way that he is to her. Yeah. So, I mean, that right there probably spells, you know, uh, trouble for their marriage. They probably shouldn't be married. Um, yeah, I think she was, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot to say about this, if I'm being frank. Yeah, I you just know. I just wonder. Yeah, it's probably what you're saying. It's, it's like uh, you know. she definitely married too early to a guy who was too old, and um, you know, I don't really like the fact that um, you know, th- I have mixed feelings about Grand as a character. Obviously, I don't like the fact that he married someone really young because when you're that much older, there's no way around the issue is you're taking advantage of that person. Yeah, because that level of experience is just not there for the younger person. And I don't care how mature of a 18, 19, 20-year-old you are, you're still a kid. I still think I'm quite young and I'm approaching 30. And there's a lot of stuff that I don't know. Um, now, I, I have the years of experience to realize that being between the ages of like 18 and 22, you're, you don't really know much at all. In fact, you're still, if you're going to college, you're still technically in school. And you know, if you want to just take away the word college from it, I think that kind of shows. So anyone who takes that as an opportunity to leverage them into a relationship by offering stability and you know like i know how to do this or i have experience it's kind of gross um i just think that there's less mutual consent there when you're that much older and you're that much younger because there's just too much of a gap now that diminishes as you get older and i think as uh what's her name starla starla yeah dude i it was either starla or star scarlet or stella i swear <laughs> to god i heard a different name every single time i i i know what you're talking about yeah so starla like as she's gotten older this this gap has lessened obviously the ages stay the same but yeah. the, the you know but um i don't quite like this and uh, this is why like grant is own uh, kind of like hinges on unforgivable territory for me but the thing is, is also, I don't ever think Grant is necessarily a predator. No, no. I think he actually does really care about Starla. I think that's very obvious in the movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, so there's like just this tinge of grossness that I kind of don't like through the nature of him, um, you know, pawning off on a young girl and then eventually getting her and her staying for so long. Um, so i don't know what your question was but i hope i kind of like answered there for a little bit because i kind of got like lost in the weeds no it's okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah, you did i mean it it's just this is just so weird for me and i don't i'm not an expert on this so i don't like talking about it but it's like something i can't ignore either and so i kind of want to at least make do and talk about it here because like dude like how old was must he have been like mid-30s him yeah oh no no. i'm not talking about like in the movie at the time but when they met he would have probably oh, would have been God, his, yeah. Probably. She would have probably been like a between like the ages of like sixteen and twenty, and he would have probably been like in his thirties, thirties, mid thirties. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, that's not cool. He's got to be what, maybe say forty five, fifty in this. They thing? make him look like he's fifty. Now yeah. I know Michael Rooker at that time was not fifty, 
Um, but he definitely kind of looks like I him. don't know. He's been around for a while. I don't know his age, but um, well, cause they basically like made him look like Walter White before Walter White was a thing. Yeah, because yes, he looked yeah. exactly like it. he's got like those big puffy, yeah. like collared shirts, bald head, glasses, big old glass. Yeah, yeah, like like he's like obviously that's just a look you kind of emulate or um, imitate when you're trying to make like a a meek looking character, and that's yeah. Michael Rooker's character in this movie. The, I felt the re- the relationship. Have, every time I've seen this has always made me feel uncomfortable. And I don't know why that is. I, I, I mean, because there's like this inherent <sighs> power dynamic. He makes, he has a better job. He makes more money. He's been the provider and the father figure for maybe like 10 plus years. You know, like it's just, it is weird. And it, the movie doesn't, yeah. the movie outside of a couple lines in the beginning kind of doesn't like spend too much time on it. Uh, and it, the movie also paints Grant in almost like a sympathetic way. Even though he's a he's the villain, but he's only the villain because he's a, he has a parasite. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Other than that, he's always been kind to Sarla. Yes, so, yes. He, this is all very complicated. And again, this is not the movie or the forum to necessarily have these discussions. But that doesn't mean we need to outright ignore it and not give it uh, well, its, its own minute. It's it's. I mean, it's very it's <laughs> it's it's very apparent in this movie and, and, and it, I think it adds to the uncomfortableness you feel as this movie goes along, because there's a lot of, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, really cool practical effects and, 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 and gore and stuff that's happening. But, but at the same time, uh, the subject matter can make you cringe a little bit, you know, some of these things that are happening, you know, uh, for instance, this, you know, as he's starting to transform or mutate, you know, he's he's becoming this. I, I don't even know what this thing is. It's just this huge alien like creature. And um, before he gets, you know, before he gets too large, you know, there's like a thing that comes out of his chest and it, it, it I don't even know what the hell it is, but it's 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 uncomfortable. It's. Right, and it's and supposed it's, to make you feel uncomfortable. Well, it's, it's it's really phallic. It's almost like he has two additional penises coming out of his chest. Yes, and whenever yes. he you know inserts those um, like tentacles, which have like giant, um, almost like needles, like the edges of a, the tip of a needle going yeah. into someone, you know, so he can deposit his like almost literal seed. The movie doesn't explain if they're like still slugs when they're going inside them. They're just like little baby slugs, or like. It was like actual sperm, but my region would it be? It had to be like a slug, like already kind of born or whatever. I, I think so. I think so. So you know, so they can eat, right? Yeah. Um, but like whenever he does that, he's obviously getting some sort of pleasure out of it, like relief. Yeah. So yeah, it's a very sexual thing what he's doing. Um, even though it's not outright sex, I think for uh, Grant's character, once he's like post possession, it, it is like a like a a breeding mating thing. And there's definitely some euphoria when it comes to taking, a, like, assimilating another person, or not necessarily assimilating, but using them as a host for way more slugs. Yeah. Right. So, like, this movie is definitely going into that territory. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It and is. It, yeah. Now, if you want to go, if we want to go really deep, and I don't necessarily think this is my reading of the movie, but whenever Grant does this to a character, it's obviously non-consensual. They don't want to get impregnated by this guy. No. Now, does that? Is that like perfectly analogous to Starless character in that he forced him, you know, um, like this is the conversation we want to have when we're talking about Slither. Um, I don't think Gunn is even trying to do this in um, this movie, but I do think it's uh, a valid reading. I just don't necessarily think I agree with it because I 
outside of that, Grant isn't necessarily trying to do that. And at the very beginning of the movie, when he had the opportunity to force himself on Sarla, yes. he didn't. He doesn't. So yes, my, yeah. that yeah. sort of forcing is more so, for me, um, him putting her, himself in her life at such an early age and offering so much that it was hard for her to say no. I know it's not quite the same. But I do think it's it's in the text. It's in the movie. Oh no, it absolutely is. And 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 I, you know, and this is where I, what I was talking about. There's that. There's still that the human part that's in him. You know, it's still there. He's not compl- completely an alien. You know, uh, you know, it wasn't like it, it got into him and consumed every being of him. There's still. He still knows things. He still has feelings. And, and, you know, there, there's that shower scene where he has that urge, he's got the urge in, and he, you know, he goes over to the shower and, you know, the thing starts to come out of the chest, but then he stops himself, you know, um, you know, and then, and that's when, that's when he goes to, to see, um, oh God, I don't even know her character name. I, I don't even know if they gave her a character name. I think they called it, you know, on IMDb, they called her something mother or something. I don't know. She definitely had a name. Did she have a name? I swear to God, she had I, a name. I know we saw her initials, you know, that she'd carved on the tree of her. And no, she, dude, she definitely had she a did, name. Okay. I mean, I don't remember it, but yeah, but, uh, um, uh, you know, he, you know, instead of doing anything to Starla because I mean, he, you know, he has feelings for star Starla. He re- he truly loves her, you know, sure. There's a humongous age gap, but you can tell the love for her. Um, and so he goes and, and, and heads over to, how do I forget her character's name? Um, he goes, so the, the mom's character's name was Brenda, Brenda. So he goes over to Brenda's home. You can tell Brenda is not, well off grant is is probably probably the richest in town right i mean it kind of seems that way by by his house maybe he's not the richest but he's pretty damn close well it's also like a small town um their biggest uh tourism attraction is like a local hunt yeah do you know or something um yeah. like people know grants people know the teachers at the school apparently so yeah definitely yeah. pretty insular and people know grant and all that all the yeah. all the relationships in the town you know yeah so could he be the richest yeah but it doesn't really matter everyone seems to know each other exactly i think the point i was trying to make is brenda looks like she um is is not well off uh uh she looks like she's a uh maybe a single mother uh nothing wrong with that um, i don't think she is a single mother and uh, she made reference to like not necessarily the dad i think like grant says like the Mexican or the Spanish isn't here this weekend. So oh. I think that was like his racist way of saying like, Hey, is your husband here? Oh, you, th- you is that that's, what you thought? That's what I thought. Oh, okay. What did you think? I thought, Oh, you know, I don't know. I just thought maybe it was, she had other kids and maybe the, maybe she had other kids by different fathers and maybe the other kid is a little older and he went to his father's for the weekend. I, I don't know. Oh, Again, we could, I could be way off, but you could be right. Yeah. I don't so know. this movie kind of has yeah. strange language a couple of times, yeah. but you she know? does have, she has the little baby, um, you know, but, but Grant comes over and I think the idea is, well, we already know what he's going to do. I think in her mind, they're thinking they're going to get busy. Um, did you catch the, um, did you, did you catch the baby with the tomato? Did yeah. I? I had to read on because it threw me off. I'd seen it before. And I'm like, why is the baby have a tomato? And, and, oh, I mean, I don't know what that means. Well, I, I, there was a, a scene that was cut out. So I think there was supposed to be a scene where Grant asks 
you know, Brenda, why does the baby have a tomato? And and I think her response is supposed to be, well, it's cheaper than uh, it's cheaper than toys. And it and it and it gets the tomato ripe for cooking or something like that. But but because that scene's cut out, you're sitting there going, why is the baby having tomato? It just seemed odd to me. But anyways, I kind of like little bits like that, because then you can like put in your own like, yeah, true. narrative. Like, why? Why does it have a baby? Or yeah. why does the baby have a tomato? Yeah. But uh, so Grant, Grant, basically, uh, again, man, is this impregnating? What is this? I mean, what is he doing here? He's he's putting little slug them slug things into them to be their controlled by the slugs, of, you know, or to like act as a host for like food, you know, while they like eat them out. I don't know. It's yeah. It's, I mean, we know they have a a a just an uncontrollable appetite. Like you can never eat enough for these yeah, things. Yeah, I think it's. I think the I. Th- Let's just pretend that the slugs are going into like the for like men, like the digestive tract somewhere and they just have to eat like almost like a tapeworm. Yeah. So they just have to eat a lot of that food because their body isn't getting that nutrition. But the slugs are. Yeah. You know, let's just pretend it's like that. Okay. But it's not like the slugs are also controlling them through their brain. And there's like a hive mind thing going on where Grant is kind of like the center of the hive mind. And he can kind of like. He has like CCTV through like all of these different slug host people. Yeah. And when you get hit by a slug, you know, when you become host of one, you're basically dead. You know, you're, you lose all semblance of your humanity. You're not that person anymore. Obviously the only exception to here is Grant. And then uh, assuming that the slug dies or the hive mind goes away, you're just dead. You're just dead. So as soon as you get infected, you're, you're done. So, yeah, you know, like this is. You know, this is basically a zombie movie, right? But you're, it's just a different route, right? And they yeah. can all be controlled by one little dude. Yeah, yeah. I so. mean, it's 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 different from say like you know in vampire movies that you know it's like if you're bit and and the you know the main vampire's killed, you could be okay. You know those types of uh, that's not that's not it. Look, here. I've seen this so many times, and I because I've seen it so many times, I don't like it. Um, so this movie loses points for me at, for doing this. It's just such a lazy way of fixing the problem. You know, you kill one thing and you take out the entire problem. It's yeah. so boring. Um, whenever I see like a more creative solution to this problem, I, it feels really good. And I don't know if I've said it, but I'm reading one piece right now. You guys know what it is. If you know what it is, if not, don't worry about it. But there was like an arc not too long ago that had the same issue. And I'm like, this sucks. It's just so boring. It's so, so boring. Um, and uh, I don't like it here. Yeah, um, it's, it's a good it, way to it, like it, end it, the movie fast. It is. It's, it is. <laughs> it's a quick. Well, if you know, if you get a whole town that's taken over, well, what do you do? I mean, you know, there's only a couple of you that aren't infected. Well, imagine this, Dad. You kill the hive mind. They think they've killed all the zombie dudes. Turns out they haven't. And now you've got a bunch more infected you to take care of. That's Slither 2 right there. I hear you. You know, and now, of course, uh, maybe it's like a B type scenario where if like the queen dies. They make a new queen. So maybe like some <laughs> slug person becomes a new queen or maybe there's like a competition for it. Like you can do like so many cool things. You take yourself the possibility by just having them all die. It's just, I don't like it. Yeah. You remember like at the end of the blob where that guy had that little bit of that yeah. frozen blob? Yeah. You know, there's so many promises you could have or tease out if you just keep a little bit. But but you know how these 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 uh, studios are. It's like, oh, if the movie does really well. OK, we've left it open for a sequel or hell. Most of them don't at times. And and they and they somehow 
create a a uh you know a, a some sort of reason or plot for a sequel when it just wasn't yeah. gonna happen but you know i, those I are don't like know. those are like your halloweens though you know or your nightmare on elm streets where the idea started good and then we're just okay let's do a second one let's do a third one and now we're pushing it we're stretching it farther than we can go along so now we're like retconning adding stupid ideas trying yeah. to like keep things afloat saw did this too you know where you're just you're adding too much books on top of the pile and it's gonna fall right yeah yeah um, it, it does and it but and like come on you can do one or two movies you can easily do like a sequel or two like it's not a big but deal. most 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 sequels most sequels are aren't good they're just not especially if if the the first one was good enough to warrant a sequel then you're you're always comparing it to to the original i i do that all the time now it depends on the movie like the friday the 13th those are you know i Look, the first one's fantastic, and you know, and and two and three aren't bad, and then you know, you get into the rest of them, and they're not they're not horrible for what they are. If you go into it and knowing what to expect, it's entertaining. It's entertaining. It's fun. So you know, horror movies or horror movie sequels get a bad, um, like a bad deck against them because they're kind of competing for, uh, in, in in like an awkward space for one. Um, if a movie, a horror movie is successful, you want to do more of the same, at least people financing the movie, see it that way. So now you're basically have to create a product that's basically the same product as before to tell an interesting story. You need to change things up. Yeah. Those two conflict with each other. So it's hard to have like an interesting story slash characters and a change up what, um, had made the first one successful. Yeah. You know? And then even if you do do that, what if you have a dud? What if the thing you believe in isn't very good? Yeah. So it's, you know, like horror movies and especially horror movie sequels have it maybe the roughest out of any type of sequel they, you can they make. They do. I, I think there's a, there's a, there's, there's also like a negative, you know, stigma attached to them. You're, you know, let's I, also say that your main character from the first horror movie makes it into the second. Well, do you fall into the trap of killing them off? Cause then that makes the entire first movie feel like, um, almost like a waste, you know? You spend so much time getting to know this character, yeah, and then they just end up dying now. Or do you keep that character alive and essentially just uh, adhere to the fact that they have plot armor, you know, because they made it through the first one? You're like you're there's that's obviously just two examples, right? Um, but horror movies do they have it the 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 worst? So you don't see a lot of good horror movie sequels. No, there there are some good ones out there. Uh, you know, uh, the third Elm Street comes to mind. Um, I, I, it's, it's a lot of people like that movie. Like, yeah, I know, I know you love this movie. Oh, I love this movie, and I know other people do love this movie. It's yeah. such a. Now, do you like it because it's goofy? I like it because, um, yeah, it's it's not. I don't. I don't think I would use the word goofy. Dad, there's uh, a D and D wizard who shoots lightning at Freddy Krueger. I, I understand. <laughs> Come on, no, bro. I get that, but I don't think it's goofy. I think it it starts to, you know, part one was so serious, and part two was was kind of the same. It just was not good at all. Um, and then three. You know, you still had some seriousness to it, but then they started, you know, they started adding the humor, you know, the one-liners um, and the special effects are just phenomenal in this thing. It's, I, I love the first Elm Street. It's a, it's a, it's a clearly a classic movie, but if I, between one and three, I would go to three any day of the week because I have more fun with it. 
I love the special effects. I, I love some of the humor. You know, you got a lot of really good. Don't forget, you got a you got a younger Lawrence Fishburne in this. You know, people seem to forget he's in this. You know, uh, you know. So uh, Patricia Arquette's in this. Uh, you know, um, so it's it's to me it's just a lot more fun. And again, I, I've said this a million times. You know. Um, I like to have fun in these horror movies, and part three does this. I mean, I, I, the, some of the practical effects in it just blow me away to this day, and and so that's 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 for me. That's why I like you know I I love uh, part three to Elm Street, um, you know. But I mean, with these these horror movies, we talked about this before. You 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 crank these things out. Um, and they don't take long to make. You, you usually make them on a pretty small budget, and they make a lot of money. And then, then you crank out another one next year, you know, because again, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a big, um, uh, it, it makes money, man. It, it, you know, um, and I mean, they did that with, you know, they did that with the Elm streets. They did that with the, the, um, the Friday, the 13th, you know, you were, you were getting one, you know, every year, sometimes you get them almost every nine months. And, and then they just got so bad. I, I think what you started to see was these studios, keeping a lot of the money and not putting it back into the sequels because, you know, part four of Elm street, you know, there's a couple cool parts. Um, then five on was just terrible. They're just terrible. You know, you could even go as far as saying that with, you know, I'll be honest. I mean, you know, uh, the, um, Friday the 13th, you know, they, they got a little less gory, but it, you know, it still had a certain kind of the same feel as the previous Friday the 13th, you know, um, they were just fun, you know, uh, entertaining for me. So anyways, I don't know how the, we got onto that rant, but I think we're talking about sequels. But there's a lot of shitty ass sequels out there, too. I didn't want to get into them. But anyways, so where did we leave off <laughs> with Slither? Um, so Grant changes throughout the movie, right? He was the Walter White character. Then he becomes like a like a trauma Walter White character. And then he becomes like a like a like a slug person, and then he becomes like a Cronenberg uh, monster. Yeah, is that all track? Yes, that and sounds then about right. Yeah. During like this transformation, he's eating a lot. He's feeding Brenda a lot. He's you know I'm sure Grant knows he can cook things, but he's just kind of eating raw meat and raw like when i say raw meat i do i mean like dogs and cats and stuff too not just like he is your your butcher meat yeah um so all that's happening and then of course because all this stuff is happening uh nathan fillion and his ragtag group of uh, sheriffs are yeah. looking to stop this and then of course starla kind of gets tagged along because she makes good arguments saying that you know if i can uh get them to come with you guys peacefully you know i your best shot is me yeah. Um, and then things go to shit. They find Brenda. She blows up into a giant like shower of slugs. The slugs invade the town, and and then our heroes have to save the day by killing Grant. Did, what did you think? I I love this Brenda thing. Did you think it was it was kind of hokey? Now I have mixed feelings about this. I remember it was one of the few things that I remember when I was a kid. Um, because I would have been fifteen when this movie came out. Um, I, I remember this. I remember not liking the CGI. And even like these days, I still kind of don't like it. I think um, the biggest fault that the CGI has is uh, the slugs don't actually create like a little slug, like slimy trail. 
They do it sometimes because in the bathroom scene, bathroom scene, they didn't do that. No, they did. They did. There was a scene. Well, they certainly didn't do it in every shot because I no, was looking they, for it. They a... didn't, and I noticed that. That I think it what was that character's name, Kylie. Um, there at times that was the problem I had with it too. Yeah, like remnants of slug. I I don't know gooey shit. You know, uh, there were times where it had that, but most of the time it did not. Did not. Yeah. And when you take that out, it makes the slugs feel like they're not part of the world. It makes them yeah. feel detached. And, and the lighting is also not perfect on the slugs. So they kind of stick out. They're a little too bright. So it's like, you know, this was a 2006 movie on a low budget. I don't know how long they had with the effects people had with this movie. Um, so um, that you know, it was stacked against them. You know, the odds were, the odds weren't favorable. But, you know, like we have to judge the finished product and the finished project was far from perfect. Um, now, Brenda looks quite good, but still not perfect. Um, and I think that's because they use practical effects with that. Yeah. But when yeah. it comes to the actual explosion, that looks a little bit janky. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, and then, of course, all the slugs crawling and everybody looks a little bit janky. Yeah. But like the idea. Like I'm down with all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think we're on the it's, same page. It's it's so that. disgusting. But one, one of the best lines in the movie is, "Can you hand me a little bit of that weasel?" <laughs> right, something like that. Right. Yeah. And the way uh, was it a weasel or a possum? possum? I thought it was possum. I think it, because she is. I mean, if no one's seen this movie, we're trying to picture. She's out in the woods in a uh, what? What is this? Like a barn, and. She basically almost fills up the entire barn because that's how fat she is. We see this humongous round body and we see her head and she can't stop eating. She's so hungry all the time. And yeah, I think she she says, can I have a little bit of that? Possum? Yeah, the way she says that line just gets me every time, man. Like I'm, I still think about it. And it's like it's such a good, like a well-read line. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so that was she, gnarly. She explodes, and uh, I think I'll, she explodes while she's like yelling obscenities too. Well, she say yeah, she's yeah, I th- yeah, probably. She's, uh, she explodes, and 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 these slugs go everywhere. Um, and you know, it, it they they uh, they get inside some of the um, the law enforcement. I don't know deputies. Uh, they get into some of the some of the volunteers that came out to try to track uh, Grant down. Um, and, uh, we know, uh, uh, Bill played by, you know, Nathan Fillion and Starla, they, they're trying, they, they basically catch on these things are going, getting into your mouth. So cover your mouth, you know? And so they, they do that. There's this kind of swarm of, of slugs that get on top of them, but they don't get inside. Could they go in some other way? Is it have to be the mouth? Why does it have to be the mouth? It probably could be the butt, but maybe. <laughs> I mean, that's true. I but mean, maybe that's Gun kind of... didn't want to go there. It's just it's easier to protect your mouth. Yeah, I, I mean, because really, what the two spots it's going to go maybe, through? I guess maybe like a like a trauma slither would have gone in the butt as well. Oh yes, definitely. But a non trauma slither doesn't go in the butt. Yeah, but yeah, because but I mean, is is your main question like why don't they have little sharp things and like hop into them alien style kind of i mean like that initial that initial thing that got shot into grant's stomach i mean you know so why i i mean i guess that's different because that's the main that's the main one so maybe you know you know now that i'm thinking about it that like that first grant one reminds me so much of that like belly button thing from the matrix it it reminded me of that like it's just like digging in there man yeah yeah it's so gross it it totally reminded me of that Um, um so like this uh that happens and now the town is like fucked 
And you can't kill all these things. You're, I don't even know how many of these in, things are. Yeah. Now, in like a, a good movie, they didn't care about time. That could do so many cool things with all these slugs in the town. But this is a 90-minute horror movie. Yeah. We got to wrap things up. Yeah. Shit hits the fan. Let's deal with the problem real fast. <laughs> yeah. So now we get that cool scene with uh, Kylie, the farm girl. Yeah. Which is kudos to anyone fighting something naked. I think, like, have you ever read The Gunslinger Dad by Stephen mm, King? I have not, no. So, like, there's a scene where one of them... Now, I'm not a huge, like, Dark Tower guy. I do have all the books. I just haven't read them. I think I've only read, like, the first one or two. Yeah. But there's, like, a scene in in uh, The Gunslinger where one of the main characters meets up with the other main character. And the one of the guys is naked. And he <laughs> has to, like, go, like, gun shoot, like, his way out of there. Right. And so like they get out of there and the gunslinger's like, yeah, dude, anyone who can fight naked is like like tough as balls or like like you're like really good. Yeah. So like like dude, I kinda slither to Kylie main character. Let's do it. They could have totally did that. Because huh? she's she dude, was badass. She caught so. on really fast. Yeah. I love the setup with the nails and her grabbing the the, mm-hmm. the slug. And I love the fact that she's able to get a picture of everything that's going on. Like she's like she's like in any other movie she would be the main character she would yeah you know yeah she dispatches at least one slug but it feels like a lot and then she escapes her entire like infected family yeah yeah this mean this protagonist <laughs> written all over her dude she, she easily could have been like even if James Gunn didn't want to do a Slither two he could have helped you know handed over the helms to someone else and she could have been the star of Slither two absolutely she, she even saves Nathan Fillion's character from the deer <laughs> That's dude awesome yeah she kind of like sits the rest of the movie out which kind of sucks because she's she's like hit by a couch at one point and then she's out of commission yeah so it's like but this is what happens when you get like a movie where. Your ideas may be big, but, you know, you only have so much money and time. Exactly. I felt like at times she was forgotten about where they really could have showed her some more. And this you know? is where I get back to my Guardians of the Galaxy point. Like, trust me, there's a reason for all this stuff. I know Gunn is a very accomplished writer and director. I'm 100% positive he had more ideas that he wanted to do, but he couldn't oh, get sure. filmed. Yeah. He had to have. Oh, yeah. Because there's, there's so much character and backstory and so much history in this town that there's no way he didn't have more for, like, Kylie. Or even Scarla, yeah. or even more Grant stuff. There's just no way. Yeah, but the, I agree. The fact that you're at the end of the day doing a 90 minute movie, you have to cut everything back. You know, like I'm sure there was way more like opportunities for badassery with Scarla, Nathan Fillion, Starla. What did I say? Scarla. Yeah. See, <laughs> it's okay. And, it's and okay. Kylie. Yeah. The, even the mayor guy, he kind of like gets dispatched quickly, and Nathan Fillion pops yeah. him off real quick. Like, there's, I hundred percent guarantee you, there was more working yeah. underneath the scenes. But you're, they just you're had, probably right. They just had to wrap it up. Um. So James Gunn, you've remade Slight Suicide Squad. If you want to come back to Slither, please do. That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. So, but my point is, is that he was able to accomplish all of that in Guardians of the Galaxy. And you could even argue that it that was more of a hindrance because he had to work within the confines of this Marvel universe that they were creating. Yeah. But they gave him still a lot of freedom because it was like an untested property. No one knows about the Guardians of the Galaxy. So they yeah. kind of gave him like, do what do what you think is right. Right. And here's all the money you could ever want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I just really love it when a when a when a guy can create something like something really, really big with not a lot. And there's a lot of hints of that in Slither. And there's the, you know, like all of that is undoubtedly why um this movie has kind of become like a cult classic in like the past uh 14 or so years yeah 
It's all there. It's just a little bit, you know, beneath the surface. It's, uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of, and we, we've talked about this is Peter Jackson and dead alive. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, we know, we know, you know, he, 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 you know, he cut his teeth on, you know, uh, uh, you know, um, I think he did, was it bad, bad taste? Um, I don't know if that was his first movie, bad taste. Is that right? God, I don't know if I, I think, I think that's right. And then, you know, he did dead alive and, and, uh, you know, I mean, that's a low, it's very low budget, but he has free reign to do whatever. And he did whatever in dead alive. And then, you know, it, people see these things and then it allows you down the road you know, all someone has to do is just one person takes a chance on you and then you've got Lord of the Rings, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, and then it changes like the history of cinema forever, yeah, right? It really yeah. does, you know? And so, I mean, like, uh, you know, again, James Wan, we've talked about a million times, you know, James Wan, again, you know, fantastic in horror. And then he gets, you know, he gets these bigger budget movies, you know, the Fast and Furious and he does the Aquaman, you know? And I think he's doing the sequel to Aquaman. Those are big budget movies, huge. When he, you know, was doing you know these these small time horror movies, you know, people people notice. You know, people notice if you got the goods, man. People's gonna find you know someone's gonna find you. So, but uh, so the whole town is screwed, right? <laughs> uh, Kylie is able to uh, she's able to get out of the house. She gets into the truck. Her family comes after her. That's when Bill, uh, you know, uh, comes kind of, I don't know if it's really to her rescue because she just hops out of the truck with no problem. And uh, dude, I love this, uh, them spitting stuff. This, it reminded me of, um, it reminded me of, uh, uh, the, the dinosaur in Jurassic Park. Remember that thing used to spit shit, you know, but I mean, so if it, if they spit on you and it gets on you, does it, does it kill you? It's acid, dude. It's acid, right? Because yeah. the one, the one lady who were, you know, I forget her name. Uh, she's the one who got spit on by the by the barn and like died, right? Mm -hmm. She. It's not like she got. I don't infected. think we actually see her die, but I think it's like assumed that she. It's died. just implied, okay? Yeah, because they like got right on her neck and face, and she was like swollen up and stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she died. So, so you just so you so you get spit on, you're dead. Um, it's not like again if we had a sequel i wouldn't be surprised if she showed up like with scars on her face you know which would also be pretty cool oh the the one girl yeah the, uh, yeah the cop yeah 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 you man you're, you're you're starting to uh yeah dude uh james gone hit me up <laughs> you got you got these good ideas we'll man. we'll uh we'll you know <laughs> right. we'll write this thing out we'll bang it out you're, over you're, a couple weekends you know watching all these horror movies man you're starting to you're starting to see the you know you uh you definitely can see there's a recipe well it's uh, a trick to, is all to, this time method to all these you know it's a trick is all this time if you don't actually see someone die they're not dead yeah it's you true. Know? so it's true yep um so basically everyone dies except for our three principles i'm i'm including kylie well, now yeah she's kind yeah. of like the, our main character yeah. well she's like a part of that group now yeah. and of course grant is still alive everyone else is basically out of commission they've either been infected yeah. Or they've been shot by, uh, well, and, yeah, they've been infected. And Jack, right. Jack is the mayor and he's, he's funny in this. Uh, I didn't think he was funny in this. Did you? I liked him. I, I think there was, was like funny. one funny line, but it's like the asshole character who says like racist, homophobic things, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to like make that funny in my opinion. I, I think what I liked about it is he's the mayor of this town and he's foul mouthed and all these other things it's the opposite of what you expect a politician to be no i think it's exactly what you expect the politician to be in my opinion <laughs> hold on a second hold on a second but behind the scenes maybe but 
they're so damn fake in front of you and he's not that and that's what cracked me up about it you know right yeah but uh all right so we get into town right yeah uh nathan filling at this point wants to grab that grenade we saw <laughs> the grenade yeah, yeah. the, the check off grenade and the see that was a really funny line like he just like offhand mentions it it came from some guys wanting to do like do fishing i was like that's that's so perfect just like this offhand thing and then like Nathan Fillion's like no of course not what the hell do you think we're gonna get into <laughs> you know um but yeah this was established earlier in the movie he's gonna go get it so he can blow up grants on the way he fights a zombified deer that was um, a terrible deer they could have done such a no, better job and this is this, that was not good this is also like where you and i always differ on things you like, like you like the practical effects on this because gear? this was like so goofy and i know what the movie's doing i loved it yeah yeah it was really cool um it reminds me of uh what's that movie we saw the jekyll and hyde movie um the, the jekyll and hyde movie yeah wasn't dead alive jekyll and hyde what no, are you talking here, about i've got a list of all our episodes give me like just sit tight guys um i don't know i look i i reanimator i reminded of that scene in reanimator with the, with, with the cat oh you know you're right it did it did hell you could even say dead alive with that that rat monkey i mean you know i love stuff like this where the actor just has to sell this like obviously fake prop yeah <laughs> you know nathan fillion's getting like smacked by it and shit i yeah i, I love it i know what you're saying i kind of wanted it to be better but it was it was it wasn't like the worst thing i mean but dude, I, you, you either get this or you get like the like the thing and the thing you know like the thing the remake you know uh, what i'm talking about yeah yeah like i'm cool with this being goofy but still looking pretty crazy. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's getting his ass beat by this deer and then Kylie comes in and saves him. Yeah. And what does he say? He goes, he goes, Hey, thanks for saving me. But when I retell the story, I saved you, which is, which is funny. Yeah, I love that little humor. You it's know? good character work too. Yeah. That's the thing with Bill. It's like, he's, you know, he's, he's seeing all this crazy shit going down, but he still maintains this kind of, you know, perf- it's it's not like he's 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 overwhelmed by the situation and he's still cracking jokes. Yeah, he's know? like he's Indiana Jones, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What what show was he in? Was he in st- the one? I know you like this the show. I actually never finished uh, the show. Um, um, it's the uh, Firefly. Firefly. Sorry. Yeah. I was he was the star of that, huh? Yes. Oh. He's obviously done a million other things, too. Yeah. And the thing that people really love that he did was uh, Dr. Horrible Sing Along Blog. He plays the bad guy in that. What is this? Dr. Horrible Sing Along Blog. This oh. was made by the guy who did um uh Firefly, Joss Whedon, who would lend oh, like, yeah, later do, oh, yeah. you know, the Avengers. Yeah. Um, as kind of like a project while the writer strike was happening. Oh. And I was in high school when all this stuff was happening. Okay. You know, but this is this was their project. And so what they did is they kind of like did like our YouTube had existed, but it wasn't nearly as popular as like three years into YouTube. So they would do like these short little episodes and it was like a musical and they kind of strung it all together and made like a 45 minute short film out of it. Oh yeah. Nathan, um, not Nathan Fillion. Who's the guy from the TV show, how I met your mother. And then that kid doctor show. Oh, Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris was in it. Yeah. I have no idea why I did not remember that guy's name. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's good in everything he does. I like him. Yes. He was Uh, in it too. And then, um, at the time anyway, I forget her name as well, but another, like she had a YouTube series and she started in it too. Forget her name. 
It's not, it's, I mean, I feel bad. I'm just going to look it up. I feel too bad. Not Felicia Day. Got it. Oh, okay. Didn't need to Google it. You know, so it was like this really cool project. So, yeah, we don't need to talk about it. Yeah. Um. So all this stuff happens. They need to beat the bad guy. And now we're kind of at the point of the movie where they just go like minor obstacle, minor obstacle, meet the bad guy, try to take the bad guy down, fail, try to take the bad guy down again, fail. Third time we get it. <laughs> you know, it's pretty standard stuff. Um, and uh, the, the, they're, yes. I mean, they're, they go to the house where Grant is. They, Starla has now been, has now been uh, taken to this home and uh, she's well cared for. And uh, uh, Bill and, and Kylie are heading over there to try to take care of Grant with the grenade. And Grant is this just humongous. What this reminded me, you haven't seen society, have you? Um, don't not sure if you would like society, but it's a movie that we could do down the road. Uh, reminded me of of this because there's a there's a scene in society where people kind of join up. You know what I mean? Is that is that the way to say it? They kind I've of, seen this before and other stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that's what it reminded me of was society. Um, and this is just a big glob of grant right i mean he's just this thing and people are joining him uh it's it's yeah uh it's it, it's it's a lot to it, it's a lot to take in because i mean you know uh i mean again i guess it it it, it goes back to the, the type of movie this is and it's you know so it fits it's very fitting but but it's a little kind of weird and unsettling and, un- and it makes you feel a little bit of uh, uncomfortableness. Right. I mean, that's, I did, I felt a little uncomfortable, but, um, so, uh, you know, Starla is gonna, you know, uh, she's got this, uh, what does she got? This is a brush that has like, um, it's got like a, a, a pointy tip and, you know, she goes to kind of, you know, get a little close to him thinking maybe she could kill him. And, uh, you know, that doesn't that doesn't work you know and and bill and and, and kylie come in bill's got the the grenade knocks the grenade out blows up in the pool okay well now we got to figure something else out you know um so yeah and luckily a god you know deus ex machina just threw like a gas tank already like open and and like like the the, the propane tank yeah yeah just out of nowhere that was was so goofy that was kind of goofy because i'm thinking this is some this 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 thing is an alien that has gone from i don't know universe to universe and has maybe wiped out everything in its path yeah and then it's gonna get beaten by a propane tank it's like a parasitic tardigrade you know that's traveling through space you know and it survived a billion years and it's gonna live a billion more (laughs) but then like the king kill like takes it out. Yeah, with a, that's exactly with, what like, I was going to say. Like a propane accessory. Yeah, right. I yeah. was like, okay. And this is where, like, you know, it's, you need to wrap the movie up. You don't got a billion dollars, so you got to just do what you got to do. Yeah, that's blowing yeah. it up. We blow the sucker up, man. Uh, and they do. Yeah. James Gunn kind of like he should have went big, dude. Just cliffhanger, slither two, slither two. Yeah, I want to see a slither two. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little. I mean, it's cool. I mean, I like I said, I dig the ending. I dig the ending. I mean, you know, I I don't I don't know if a propane take is believable to me, but it's yeah, like you said, you got to wrap this thing up with a nice little bow, and so we got to kill everything off, and you know, 
I don't know. Let's just take one of your little weird tentacle things. Let's plug it into the to the uh, propane that's spewing out, and we're gonna shoot you once, and you're gonna blow up. And I mean, there's not that much propane in those tanks to to do that, but whatever. I mean, it's convenient. It's easy, right? It's pretty whatever. I think the idea is kind of like fun, but I just I'm still not a fan of it. It's so obviously it's like fun. like. You know, like throwing gas into someone is just so stupid. Yeah. But, and, you know, it's so stupid that it's funny. Um, But I just, it's whatever to me. Yeah. It's just, it's just whatever. I'm sorry. I can't really explain it better than that. No. I, I want to like it more, but this is like one movie. This is like one of the feelings of the film is like the, it's ending really neat. Um, Our three like last main characters live throughout the day. They're not really remin- or uh, ruminating over their dead comrades. No, like Scarlet, straight up. Starla, <laughs> Starla, okay. Starla, straight up murdered the cop. You know, like uh, Nathan Fillion's like buddy of like like a billion years, right? Yeah, and was, no, they don't talk about that. Was that Wally? I don't know the old guy. Yeah, it's Wally. Um, yeah, I know, I know. All of the basically a whole town's dead, and we're gonna we're gonna walk out of the house, and we're okay. You know, Bill's a little you know, hurting in the gut because the thing got him in the gut. But, but yeah, they're just kind of wandering off. And I totally you know. forgot about that. Like, I don't think anything got inside of him, but there, there's more opportunity for a sequel stuff right there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's whatever, man. This is why we need to slither to wrap all that stuff up. Yeah. Slither two. I mean, I'm sure Mr. Gunn is, is listening to the show. I mean, I think know. we actually, he's, <laughs> he's our one listener. He's our one. Oh, that's messed up. What are you talking about? <laughs> Uh, so anyways, I think we hit on everything. You know, we didn't mention was, um, uh, Jenna Fisher, man. She had a small little, uh, role in this yeah. as, uh, as Shelby, the, the, I, I guess the operator at the, at the sheriff's station or whatever, you know, played yeah. by Jenna Fisher, which what, were her and James Gunn married at the time or were they just together? I believe so. Don't yeah. quote me on this. I don't really follow that stuff. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's nice to see her. I remember when I saw it. I had already seen The Office. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, she um, she wasn't even supposed to be in the movie. I think what I read was they casted someone else. I think it was supposed to be a man. And he got another gig and asked James Gunn out of his contract. He obliged and gave it to Jenna. So there you go. Yeah. And, it's really and, and neat. The Office was, you know, huge at the time. So it was like, it was kind of cool. It was like perfect, you know? No, The Office wasn't huge at it the time. It wasn't huge at the time? No, dude. When did Office come out? uh 2006 oh it was not huge then because it was it was just came out yeah and no one liked that first season people oh, hated that first okay. season i thought it'd been out for a few years i think because so. i remember seeing her going no. hey that's the girl from off the office maybe what happened is we didn't actually watch the movie till like 2007 or something no i don't think so oh makes the most sense no, to me. i think i saw that in the theater because that's a it's a total movie it, like i would jump to and go check out you know yeah. so nothing else do we miss anything no, I'm done with this movie. Uh, make Slither 2. Make Slither 2. We both liked it. Yep. We both would recommend it. Check it out. It's a cool movie. Yeah, definitely check it out. All right, man. I guess that's it. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll check you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you tell everyone about our Ear for Fear podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Ear for Fear. You can also check out our website, earforfear.com. There you can keep up to date on news, events, and episodes. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. We hope you come back 
and get an earful.